Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schrum. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Paintball Central, the Carolina's premier paintball parks. Located in Greensboro, Charlotte, and Greenville. Look no further for your next corporate outing, birthday party, or weekend rec mall fix. Paintball Central has some of the best stocked pro shops and staff in the country, as well as hosts three, five, and ten-man competition series from the CFOA, URPL, and CPSL for tournament veterans and tournament rookies alike. Check out P-Ball Central, that's P-B-A-L-L Central.com for more info. On today's episode, we have the AK-47, Andy Kopchak of Image, Revolution, multitude of other teams. Takes a moment to talk to us about his involvement with the sport, the industry, how he came into it, and so forth. Hope you enjoy. All right, it's recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum, and today I have Andy Kopchak. Please tell me I said that the right way. Well, it's actually Kopchak, but uh, a lot of people don't know. Everybody gets it wrong. I'm not here to correct anybody. There's like a, actually uh, like a, a, like a check mark, like a Sante Goo above the C, and it's a European name, so no one gets it right. There's a hundred different ways to say it. I probably should have asked that before we even started. That yeah, no worries. All right. So uh, let's start off with uh, where are you actually from? Well, uh, I'm from uh, Windsor, Ontario, up in Canada. Uh, it's a border city to Detroit, Michigan. So a lot of my early years kind of started that area and, and in Detroit as well. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, I mean, it's a pretty big mecca for paintball too. So I'm sure it was right for the picking for uh, places to play. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, um, just uh, just getting in the, in the mix. I mean, back when I started, actually, it was uh, 1989 is when I first started playing. And, right. uh, you know, there wasn't a heck of a lot of uh, teams. I mean, uh, uh, locally, I got lucky. You know, there's a, a field maybe five minutes from my place. Um, just uh, uh, ended up uh going out there introduced uh through a friend went out and played one time was scared the whole time uh i had lots of fun uh brought my cousins out so my cousins actually there was uh myself and three other cousins basically the same age two of them were uh a year older than myself and uh we started heading out to the rec field and having a blast and really quick we got a, a name for ourselves uh and we started uh scrimmaging um uh, a team called actually the Splatheads, um, which were uh, affiliated with Lone Wolf Paintball. Actually, the owner uh, of Lone Wolf Paintball, uh, oh, wow, yeah, was playing up in Canada at the time. They would come up to Canada to play us, uh, and 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 at the field, um, Sam Angelari, uh, and uh, he was one of my first introductions to the sport and beyond because he had a pro shop. There was nothing else in around so i would travel to michigan to, to to buy product and continue my playing that's awesome man i did not know that they've been around that long that's awesome yeah yeah shout out to lone wolf dang um okay 
So that's where you're from. It's how you got started. Um, and the first team I've ever heard uh, of you playing on was uh, was Image, but I'm pretty sure you obviously didn't just like walk into the scene uh, on Image. So uh, one of the questions I ask everybody is, you know, obviously we all talk about like how you got started, where you got started. Um, when did you decide you wanted to start playing competitively? Um, you know, it just kind of evolved, I think. Um, the team I started to play with in, in Windsor, Ontario originally, um, I jumped on the team late in the season, uh, and, um, they had, it was called Team Psycho, and, uh, they were playing like a OCS Ontario Championship Series, uh, and they actually ended up winning that, and then they were traveling to some of the actually American events, uh, that were beginning at the time. Uh, and, uh, I just kind of settled in with them at the local field for whatever reason. And that team kind of quickly kind of faded out with life for a lot of the members. And, uh, like I said, I kind of just started, uh, going to, to Michigan to buy more gear and update my gear and whatnot to go with the Lone Wolf and found out that, you know, they had a field and, uh, you know, they treated us Canadians really, really well when we went over there and, uh, you know, very quickly after that, I got an invite to go play for uh, Detroit Fusion, which was playing out of the out of Lone Wolf. And um, basically, we did really well. We were organized, uh, had a sponsorship uh, through Caesar Pizzo at his paintball store, PNP Paintball, in in Detroit. And uh, basically, uh, <laughs> basically uh, did really really well. Uh, you know, we uh, we I think we won uh, the amateur ten man at the time uh shoot there's talking i don't know 93 94 sometime when we started seriously playing 10 mans uh in the amateur division i think uh at some point there we went pro uh as detroit fusion as a group it was myself um some of the guys you may know um brian Fowl, travis lemansky uh greg posey uh brad waterman caesar pizzo uh, and that kind of uh, evolved into uh, after going pro uh, and winning a pro event, uh, actually as Fusion, uh, 10-man event, uh, we basically got our hearts ripped out of us um, where they took the first place away from us in a kind of a game-fixing incident with the captain of our team. No names need to be mentioned. But uh, yes. basically, we kind of uh, created at that point, we went on to uh, revolution. We created our own team, uh, got some sponsors. Uh, one of the sponsors at the time, I believe, was uh, uh, out in Pickney, Michigan there, Health Survivors. Uh, mm -hmm. So he helped us out for a little bit. And we rode that uh, revolution train until we won first place pro uh, at the time. I think that was 98 we won first place pro. In the so it was 98 because I remember uh, actually a couple episodes ago, I talked to Roland uh, about Oh, this. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Great. and then uh, I, talked awesome. to, I talked to Travis real, real briefly whenever we were at uh, ICPL Chicago because he's always got a million things going on anyway. But uh I, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, before we had anything else, uh, Warpig. I could just get on Warpig and see who won, like, the latest or whatever. And I remember I was telling Roland, I was like, who the hell is Revolution? Where do they come from, you know? I mean, good on them. Right. Like, went in 10-man pro, but I was like, I've never heard of these guys. Yeah, you guys just came yeah. out of nowhere and just started Well, you know, we would, we would grind it, actually, as, as Fusion. We had, were pretty well organized. We would practice um, 
uh, at first we started uh, on our own uh, in, in Michigan. We'd go to Ohio to uh, a Troy Radcliffe's field and practice out there. Uh, we would go uh, play Thunderstruck in Indiana. Uh, as an amateur team, we were pretty dedicated and, and really putting it down there. Uh, uh, you know, came up with our own system, our own codes, everything else. And we were really on the same page uh and uh ended up uh starting to practice aftershock in the, in the later days with fusion and uh you know it wasn't until we started you know really getting our confidence in us is when we started beating aftershock on a regular basis and 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 that's what kind of the spurred the growth at that point to you know pro and 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 uh and and the careers that a lot of the players on the team ended up having yeah it's, uh, it's one of the teams that not a lot of people really know about that uh, actually had, you know, it was one of the teams that ended up creating a lot of, I don't want to say created, but, you know, a lot of the, the big name teams people know of, you know, a lot of these players came from places that, you know, nobody, that people didn't know about this team. Um, I digress. I, I could go on forever about some of this old school stuff, but um, uh, what, uh, so let's, let's hear the list. So, you know, we're talking about fusion, we're talking about, uh, revolution and then after revolution to well uh ended up to where um things just kind of fell apart monetarily with revolution we had a really tight-knit group uh we actually brought on before we, we um uh, uh broke up we brought on as a sponsor and a player richmond italia from uh basically uh diablo draxis now gi basically yep. the owner of pro caps. We brought him on as a player in at revolution and, and we won with him. And, uh, basically towards the end of the year there with revolution, he was interested in, in seeking out some more, uh, you know, higher value pro teams. And he jumped on to avalanche in their height, you know, or just before their height. And, uh, we had lost him as a, as a sponsor and a teammate. And, uh, we basically, um, kind of split up uh the team went a few different ways uh the following year i think in 99 i played with the all-americans actually uh oh, wow so i, I played uh, with the all-americans i was there when uh, bruno did the out of bounds uh swamp oh, boston walk and shot us all in the back yeah yeah so i was with the all-americans then uh and uh yeah we had a decent year i mean i think our first event with them was like in europe somewhere i was you know pretty young kid and got to the factory and picked out my gear and said, you know, uh, meet us in London. And the flight got delayed or something. I was flew to a different airport in London, England, oh, and, no. you know, as a really young kid, not knowing what to do, no cell phones, nothing. They ended up, we ended up finding them. I called collect to their, you know, to Pennsylvania, back to smart parts. And they ended up coming to the airport where I took a shuttle or something. I can't remember to the other airport, found them and we played the event. And that was my story with the all Americans. It was just, a, it was a good ride. They took care of the team and we're real serious. We practiced. I mean, I drove to uh, Pittsburgh quite often from where I live. It's about a five hour drive. And uh, we practiced in Adam's front yard and all the fields around there, uh, urban assault. And so that, that's the all Americans. Uh, I only spent a year there. Um, I ended up getting recruited back to Image. Well, Image, Tommy was giving up the reins of Image, Tommy Malchewski. And uh, he was looking for players. Uh, actually, Richmond uh, ended up taking over the team and the sponsorship, Richmond Italia. So we got the old Revolution boys kind of back together. Uh, a couple of them had already been recruited the previous year in 99 to Image, uh, Travis and, and, and LB, Brian Fowle. 
And uh, I came the next year um, and I joined Image with uh, the rest of the guys and Lane Wright and LD and all kind of, all sorts of, you know, Richie was on the team. I don't think uh, Greg and, and Tommy were out by then, but, uh, you know, uh, it, was, uh, it was a good ride. Uh, I think I played about a year and a half with Image. Um, ended up doing uh, some European events with them. Uh, and then basically, um, image ended up kind of breaking apart. Uh, it was a lot of work for, you know, Lane was the first time captain of the team. Um, and, uh, again, we kind of got picked apart. I mean, I think Travis Lemansky actually got cut from the team and he went to Avalanche right away and, and they did a really good run there. Uh, and then, uh, we, uh, you know, we regrouped and played, played pretty well, but, um, I think as a mid season, I went over to play an event with trauma, I believe in Chicago, um, at a 10 man event, they were amateur, I believe at the time. So I jumped down from being pro to amateur for the event. And, uh, I really respected their program, you know, Rob Stottinger and, uh, and the boys there, uh, you know, they, they did a really good job with that program. Uh, Tyler himself, uh, a lot of guys on that team, like they're, they're, they're really solid, right? They're a really solid group of guys, but, uh, I didn't stick around long, uh, working for, I was working actually up at pro caps at the time. Uh, can I, can I pause I was, you? Can I pause you for like two seconds? Yeah. How did you come up with the name big R for Ryan? Oh, uh, just one sec. Uh, uh big R, um, Actually, I think he was already, uh, they had given him that name previously. I mean, I spent one tournament on the team, right? So you'd, you'd probably have to ask somebody else. But Big R, Big Ryan, he's a big dude, right? So I don't know. That's likely how it came about. But you'd have to ask Tyler or one of the, you know, Brian Stewart or somebody about that. He's uh, he's an unsung hero, dude. He's, like, he's one of my best friends. He's actually one of the grooms in my Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah oh, awesome. Just- I stopped, I stopped playing for like well over 10 years while I was on active duty service. And, uh, like it, yeah. it just never stopped being my friend, like paintball just kind of went to the wayside. But, uh, I was just curious. He said, you used to call always call him big R. So I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lots of respect for him, you know, a big guy in the game. Uh, he was an excellent player, uh, really good teammate and, uh, you know, funny guy, uh, you know, kind of really brought everybody together and, and lots of respect. Like he's, uh, I believe he's, he was a carpenter. I don't know if he's still a carpenter, but he was, uh, you know, stand up guy, real hard carpenter, worker. Always, yeah, 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 and lots of respect because I kind of come from that background as well a little bit. So, uh, you know, it was good, but uh, it was it was uh, too short for me for for trauma. I actually got um, an offer to play for Dynasty uh, the following event, and and I went for it. So I played uh, uh, with Dynasty at the Cup, where it was the first event Dynasty had ever won on the big stage in pro. So we we, was, uh, we that was played against, uh, aftershock, right? That's right. A bit of a controversy at the end of that game. Yep. Um, but, yep. uh, yeah, I was part of that roster for the event. Uh, it didn't work out for the next year. Um, only because, uh, I had worked for, I was working, uh, at pro caps and they were a gap sponsored team at the time. So I yep. kind of had to choose with the career and everything to kind of move on and, uh, ended up, uh, jumping on with Rich Telford with the Ironman, the SC Ironman, later LA Ironman. Uh, yep. with, uh, with those guys and, and had a good run with them. Um, I think this takes us to like, geez, I don't know, like 2000 and I think the, the dynasty was 2001, I believe. Uh, okay. and then 
2002 and three, I think I played with the Ironmen. Um, Where you had that, uh, that yo- infamous, like infamous, uh, not infamous, uh, the team, but just the, uh, was it the move where you'd smash that dude and strange from the face and the, uh, on the hyperball jump over? Oh yeah. 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 That yeah. was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just a spur of the moment move that, um, I believe it was Chicago on the hyperball field and, uh, it was. you know, yep. up in the center of the field and, uh, the snake was really dangerous and he was up in the business in there. And I think I just cut across from the center just to surprise them and, and, uh, and took him out, took the first guy in the snake out. We already had bodies in the snake and, I don't quite know if it paid off. I don't think we won that particular game. I think we lost that game. But, uh, you know, they had, I had taken out their snake and they had no one in there. And we had a, a, at least one body in there, maybe two at the time, but it still didn't end up working out. Strange was a great team, a hard team to get through on the defensive side for sure. Yeah. I think, I think towards the end, poor Matt, he had to ended up being by himself in the back there. It didn't work out too well for him either. But yeah. 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 So good times with the Ironmen as well. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, great program like uh rich uh was always a, a stand-up guy we worked hard really hard and i came my whole career i was always working hard now i wanted to be the hardest worker out there and uh you know uh basically um you know i think uh yeah we had a legendary roster at the time i mean yosh rao was on that team um when i played with him uh billy wing like uh, maddie marshall rich delford i mean you pick it yeah we had a decent roster there as well um so, I mean, realistically, I think um, what happened is, uh, again, I got a knock on the door. Again, Mr. Richmond Italia, you know, knock, knock. Uh, I'm putting a team in and we're going to do this uh, NXL thing. It's, it's debuting. Actually, I was involved a little bit with uh, the um, the creation of X-Ball, actually. Oh, wow. So okay. up in Pro Caps, we would have meetings in the boardroom and Richmond had this great idea and uh, we had another guy actually from Windsor, Ontario, who used to work at AccuCaps, which used to make Zap paintballs right in my hometown. Well, oh, Richmond man. had hired this guy as a chemist or whatever he did, like, uh, you know, uh, like actually encapsulating the paintballs. He moved up to Montreal as well. And uh, basically, he ended up becoming commissioner of the NXL for a little while time. Uh, it was, his name was uh, Mike Ratko. And uh, so basically... Mike Ratko, Richmond Talia, myself, Steve Rabikoff, uh, Dave Opie Thomas of Image Fame, um, and then um, uh, a few other guys, Chris Black. We, we kind of, you know, we're, we're pushing Richmond's idea around a little bit and came up with the rules and the intent of actually creating a kind of more spectator-friendly event, and that was actually X-Ball. So, uh, so that's when you guys yeah. had, had displayed it at Zap Amateur Open that year, right? That's right. Yeah, we 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 funded uh, I think uh, eight uh, international teams there. Uh, of course, Canada, the U.S., and then I think Sweden, Finland, Russia. I mean, I'm, I'm Portugal. I think at the time there was a couple other teams as well. I'm missing probably, um, but uh, yeah, we had a great exhibition there. Actually, prior to the exhibition, we actually played uh, up in Quebec on. Uh, 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 north of Montreal, we played an exhibition match to see if the format would even work, right? And I was involved in that and kind of had, had fun with some of the old uh, Shockwave guys, uh, Louis Delazio, uh, who's now a rep for, for GI, right? So basically, yeah. we'd kind of put this program together, tried it out. It was a huge success at the uh, Amateur Open. 
And uh, the next year was uh, we were starting uh, basically uh, the NXL uh, in its beginnings with the franchise teams and everything. So I jumped on board with Richmond since I worked for him, obviously. So I jumped on with Miami Effect at the time was the was the name and the franchise that we had. And again, it was a lot of the Detroit guys, original Detroit guys back together again. Right. We kind of kept gravitating back towards each other all the time. We had so much history together. So there was, there was the Miami effect where everybody was using Bob Long's guns. And then after that is when it went to the Miami effect where everybody's using smart part stuff or was it vice versa? Yeah. So what happened is uh, about halfway through the year, I think it was 2004. Uh, we ended up um, uh, making a team decision to uh, the, the uh, Miami affected the guys on the team to leave the league. Um, we're mm-hmm. talking, um, you know, guys like, uh, uh, you know, Travis Lemansky, um, Chris Lasoya, John Richardson, you know, a lot of the, the other Detroit guys that were on the team at the time. And we basically yeah, made yeah. a decision to, to go and play the NPPL, the Super Sevens. And yep. that kind of didn't go over well with, uh, the rest of the NXL, the other owners, uh, you know, Richmond was involved, but there was also, you know, Adam and Bill and, I don't know if yeah. Di had a part in there, but there was a few other people in the mix there. Oh, jeez. So we ended up jumping over, created Infamous right away, uh, mm-hmm. won the first two events um, in the, I think it was Tampa and Denver in 2004 with Infamous okay. and uh, basically had a good run with Infamous for a while. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, cool, man. Uh, that's, that takes a lot of, that's a, that's a big leap of faith. You know, going from that much support and that big of a machine to, uh, you know, going out on your own. But that's still pretty cool to see, to even see the the team still today, like flourish today after all that, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, eventually they kind of led us back in the PSP, which was, um, you know, again, was, um, you know, ended up being the NXL later on. Um, Yep. But, uh, you know, uh, it it was a good ride. I mean... Again, I'm just one person on our team. Uh, team's going to make decisions and go a certain route. I mean, I was always kind of more passive, just go along with the, whatever the guys wanted to do. I just wanted to have fun and play paintball, right? So, I mean, that's, uh, that's the dream for all of us, right? That's it. And it was great to be surrounded by so much talent from the beginning, really. You know? Yeah, uh, it's really, that's, it's crazy how many, uh, I've talked to a couple of, of y'all doing these, uh, doing these interviews, and it's funny how many of y'all just, kind of found yourself in the middle of, uh, you know, like a Mecca, so to speak. And it just mm-hmm. works out, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different areas, uh, you know, that were, that were strong at that point. I ended up kind of filtering in and, you know, kind of being involved with a little bit of a trauma after I was involved with the Detroit teams. And, you know, I was kind of a free agent type of player I would jump around a little bit just because there was an opportunity and, uh, and my opportunity or my window was closing with whatever team I was on that happened to be falling apart or something. And, you know, I obviously got to seize the next opportunity and, um, ended up uh i ended up there so um i did end up uh leaving infamous at one point um and i went to uh x factor uh at the beginning stages i actually left infamous as a pro and i went down to x factor as an amateur team and uh alex uh, martinez brought me down there and wanted to show the boys uh what hard work was all about and then rub off some of that knowledge that i had on on how to work as hard as possible 
and uh, and get the boys up. So a few events in, I believe a couple events in, we were we were pro. Like we we made the cut, we made got the call from the NXL, and we jumped up to pro. And you know, in short order, we had won a tournament, uh, won a pro PSP, I think at the time, uh, event with uh, with X Factor. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, quite a wild ride with a lot of big name teams, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's still not over. So yeah, I want to keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that. That kind of that kind of leads into. Uh, I've got a couple of questions here that usually go in an order, but uh, you know, while we're you know while we're talking about it, uh, what kind of future plans do you have? Like, uh, so obviously, I'm whenever I ran into you, you're playing with Dynasty at ICC, and you said you're doing some OPL stuff right now, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm always open. I'd love to obviously go down with with Cat Factory again and play some of the ICPLs. Um, you know, Dynasty is always an option for uh, for the um, ICC. Uh, and then beyond that, I mean, I've been playing steadily up in Canada the last eighteen months or year and a half or whatnot to just keep my skills sharp. I've been playing with uh, a couple teams actually, uh, a team in the OPL called the uh, uh, Leisure King. Uh, and then I've been playing with uh, actually a semi-pro team uh, that plays in the NXL currently that's called the RC Sea uh, Dog. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. End up, that, that team usually runs the OPL. So the, the, the gentleman, Derek Welts, um, basically uh, runs the league and runs the team, basically. And uh, okay. part of part of the guys helping out with the tournaments and the refing and whatnot is they get to go to the, the NXL events and, and help to help out in that way. So I've been helping uh, RCC dogs this this year. Um, I'm actually I'm hoping to go to World Cup um, and, and play down there with them uh, now that the border restrictions are kind of getting lifted. Uh, hoping to go do that. And then uh, beyond that, I mean, hey, uh, you know, um, I would like to play pro NXL again. I have no qualms about it. I took 10 years off, rested my body, and uh, got my head there, and I would absolutely like to dominate the field again, 100%. Okay. Good to hear, man. It's probably yeah. not knocking on uh, on Edmonton's door for something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? I, I know where I'm at. You know, I haven't played in the league forever, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to go improve myself like I've always done, and if good good things happen, that's great. If not, that I'm gonna really keep working hard. Just me making a that's kind of just me making a, a Canada reference there, but sounds, yeah, sounds yeah. like a good well, plan. Well, I mean, Bart's great. Right I actually, I actually, before Edmonton Impact had their great rise, they're on the other side of Canada for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're in Alberta, right? So, uh, but before their great rise, there was a it was like a Canadian X Ball League CXBL for a few years. And, yeah, that uh, actually I, that actually wet a lot of people's whistle, for lack of a better description, from what I understand. I think a lot of the Houston Heat guys are playing in CXBL with uh, mm -hmm. with um, uh, Randy and all them before they got started, right? Right, right. So I was there right at the beginning, I and mean, the first two years of CXBL, and I think my team from Ontario would go meet out in the final. We went to Alberta for a year and played against Impact in the final, and, and they beat us up pretty good. Uh, and then uh, the right then I knew, oh, this is a serious team. Like they're going to have, you know, they're going to be a threat once they start to play down in the States. And then they did. They started to play down the States and whatnot. And they did really, really well. And, you know, they're still, uh, you know, top five team for sure. Uh, if not top three, I'm sure for, for NXL, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, scores don't lie, you know. Um, so yeah, for sure. 
Uh, oh man, coming coming back around on the on some of the questions. How did you make all of this work financially? Because I know that there's some kids that there's. I'm from I'm some I'm actually like a poor kid from Western Oklahoma, you know, and there's nothing out there, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure there's probably some kid from Kansas that's just trying to figure out like, hey man, how am I going to end up uh, playing for Houston Heat or Impact or or how am I going to follow in like Andy's footsteps or something like that? Like, how'd you make it work financially or what kind of hustle did you have to make it work, man? Uh, it was a long road. I mean, really, I mean, I went to college, I graduated university, I was playing paintball through it all. I mean, it was a grind. I would do whatever I had to. I was lucky where, where my dad was a part owner of a construction company, uh, mostly uh, residential, high end residential, and then some commercial. So I always had a job, no matter what. Uh, I was working uh, every Saturday, Sunday, every summer, you know, six days a week, bareback in the sun, working my ass off, uh, doing construction stuff from basically earlier than my paintball career. I started working when I was five years old and uh, it never stopped. Yeah, I was on the job site with my dad on, on the weekends as he was babysitting me and I was working, you know, I was doing little things around there that I, whatever I had to do. So I mean, um, that brought in good money for me. Uh, another thing is, is that, uh, that Zap, um, uh, factory was in town, right? And through an acquaintance, basically, uh, there was, uh, somebody that would work at the plant that, uh, I was able to get a hookup with, with paint and help me out early on. And, uh, you know, I'd get as much paint as I could for a reasonable price and, I mean, paint was uh, 155 bucks a case uh, Canadian at the time, which is, you know, maybe a 120 US or something at the time uh, for 2000 balls. Right. Uh, and uh, I did what I could. Uh, I ended up turning, turning around some of this paint, selling it to some of my friends that were, were playing and earning, you know, making enough money so I could play, you know, an extra yeah. day on the weekend type of thing. And, you know, it's just that uh, you had to do what you had to do. Got it. I got it, man. And that's, I hear a lot of that throughout a lot of it. Cause you know, a lot of people, a lot of these kids like, you know, idolize being pro players. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, uh, I think Maddie one time had said like, you've got to, you've got to get an education or you've got to get a trade one or the other, if you want to make it anywhere in this, in this sport. And that's, you know, 100% the truth. I just like to ask, you know, cause there's some kids out there that want to try to figure out how to make it work and people are going to hand you everything. So, you know, it's uh have a have a different point of view on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the hardest part was trying to stay in school and keep a focus on that as well. And I think a lot of players too, they can't lose sight of that because uh, you know, paintball is always going to be there, but you you got to have a career as well uh, to really do well in this life. And uh, you know, paintball is just one aspect of it. It, it teaches you, you know, um, communication, teamwork, uh, you know, uh, all these things that you know push you to the next level in in life. And, uh, it's just, it goes, goes hand in hand. So, you know, you, you, you work as, as a team and, and, and you make uh, team decisions with paintball and you do that in your, in your real life, whatever have you, whatever career you're in and you're going to do well. Good advice, man. Uh, let's see here. Here's one, uh, I like, and you know, we're all paintball players and this is a gear driven sport. Uh, do you have a gun? Sorry, let me rephrase this because I ask it the same way every time. Do you have one that got away? And by that I mean, is there a gun that you wish you never sold? Ah, oh, geez. 
you know, obviously, sure. I mean, you know, I started out, you know, in the rec days with a, a little auto mag with a tiny little eight inch Armston rifle barrel that was just <laughs> loud as hell. And everybody loud, could hear so me loud. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun to have. I mean, and then I got involved with uh, Caesar Pizzo at PMP Paintball. He built some great cockers over the years. I miss, you know, uh, I think I had a green one at one point. It was just, just really shot really well. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, one of the first matrixes ever built, uh, because we were building them actually at the factory at Procaps while I was working there. Uh, I was actually helping run that department for a little while there. So we were putting out the matrixes and, you know, I used like totally, you know, worn in bolts, like, you know, lubed up and no anodizing, nothing to slow this thing down. You know, this thing was just such a soft shooting gun. And, and it was, it, like I said, it wasn't even anodized. It was just raw aluminum and the thing shot great. Don't know what happened to that. You know, there was a few special one of, ones of those that came out that just shot just immaculate. And that was, you know, one of the first spool valves out there, right? So it just shot head and shoulders above everything else. I mean, not great for the back guys, I know, uh, you know, because uh, because of the air consumption, right? But uh, yep. yeah, it was, it was a very accurate shooting gun for sure. So is that the one that got away? Just the, just the warning? Probably because it was such a prototype too. And, you know, I mean shooting case after case out the back door of pro caps. I mean, you know, it doesn't get any better than that with, with as far as getting in tune with your equipment. So, uh, Ryan, you know, big shout out to big R again, uh, actually brought one of those out cause I was living in North Carolina at the time, whenever those came out and that's how I, I knew that whole group of guys. Uh, and I bought, I remember that you guys, couldn't put them together fast enough once people started buying them. And the reason I say that is the first one that I got out of the box uh, had a, my beehive reg was raw when it came out of the box. So it yeah. wasn't yeah. like you guys couldn't yeah. get them out fast enough. And I didn't that's ask great. any questions. Like nowadays, some would be like, yeah. oh, that's, oh, there's a blemish on this gun or something like that. Right. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. This thing, it was raw and it, you were right. They were heavier than a brick and they were horrible on gas consumption, but hands down, one of the smoothest, most accurate guns I've ever shot in my life. And uh, I've had two of those Jennies and I wish I ever got rid of either one of them. But uh, yeah, I guess yeah. that's, that's the answer is just you had a you had a shop special that was just, you know, a step above the rest because it had been worn in, I guess. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a good one for sure. OK, what are you using right now? Uh, an Emac? Uh, yeah, I, I, I shoot an EMAC um, with some of Simon's parts on it from Inception uh, currently. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, I've got the, the Field 1 barrel. I've got the Inception barrel and just whoever I'm playing with, you know, I'm swapping out stuff. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's my mech gun right now for sure. And then, you know, on the other side of things, I think I'm, I've been shooting uh, like Luxes and Shockers currently uh, with, okay. with the, the speedball stuff. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool, man. Um, I guess that answers that question. Uh, do you have any shout outs? Is there a list of people or sponsors or anything like that? I understand with the, uh, with the background, uh, you know, covering that many years, it's probably a laundry list of people, but anybody in particular want to, you want to reach out to and, you know, say thank you or. Well, it's hard to say, like you said, I've had so much help throughout the years, the whole industry as a whole. I mean, they really support their own, their own teams. 
uh, whether they're factory teams or not. And, uh, you know, just, I've been, I've been fortunate to be on a number of factory teams, you know, uh, you know, from, from the, the little stuff like the PNP paintball, you know, uh, you know, and the discounts from Lone Wolf and the, in the early days, right. To, to start parts, you know, being a factory team with them, uh, to, you know, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times, uh, we had Bob Long, right. We had, uh, his markers, right. We had, uh, sponsorships from, uh, Planet Eclipse, both with Infamous and with, uh, with the, uh, X Factor, right. So just, just everybody's just been great. Um, uh, uh, I can't ask for, for great, like the inside industry sponsorship is just amazing. And, and more than anything, it's the people, it's the people that run these things and these teams and die with, you know, with, with the Ironmen, like just these, these companies are just all excellent and they've all grown with the sport and I've seen them grow from, you know, grassroots back in the day. And that's exciting that they've grown over the years and really supported basically all the leagues, all the teams. And, uh, you know, uh, not one person comes to mind, but everybody just as an industry with, with the amount of basically, uh, support to, to grow things. And I know behind the scenes, since I worked in the industry a bit, you know, uh, there's so been so many ventures to try to try to push the sport and get it to the next level. And, uh, that doesn't go unsaid uh, with, uh, you know, especially with, uh, for myself, it was now, now GI, but back in the day was, uh, you know, the Diablo pro caps Draxis program. So, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my heart goes with 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 everybody that uh, that uh, pushes the sport further. Basically, it's just it's funny talking to somebody who's who's been around for a minute, and uh, you know, it's like you said about these companies you grow with the sport. You know, I remember when like Die was like the last couple of pages in a JT catalog, or whenever uh, or whenever it was Paintball Planet before it was you know Planet Eclipse and. And all that so you're right it's, it's just funny to see all these people just you know really try to over the years become you know what they are today and it's, it's cool to see them uh, succeed in that um uh yeah man uh you know thank you so much for taking the time uh to talk i really do appreciate it and i can't tell you uh thank you enough honestly and you know just being cool about you know i just approached you out of nowhere icc and you were just super chill yeah. about you know the whole thing yeah so i mean no that, worries man. i mean i appreciate, I appreciate you yeah i appreciate you doing what you're doing i mean you know some of these guys uh other guys you said you've interviewed i mean uh excellent guys like great good good-hearted guys that have been involved in the sport a long time that deserve some recognition as well i mean you know there are a lot of them are backbones of the sport that you know no one they don't get a lot of recognition i was one of those guys that I never wanted the recognition. I wanted to be known by my playing style and I just wanted the respect of my peers. I didn't care about any kind of publicity being on anything like, you know, uh, that would, that would, you know, push my self image up. It was just all about respect with my peers. And, uh, but now being involved in so long, the sports kind of come along quite way. I mean, I'm not by any means an expert in the social media, but I do respect the guys like, you know, the Greenspans and the, Marcellos and Tyler's that are doing on their end and yourself and any other podcasts out there. And there's quite a few now and I can't keep track of them. There's so many, but everybody's got their own <laughs> Avenue and their own, basically, you know, um, their own intent to, uh, you know, kind of stay in a, in a, in a certain, like your, your history, you know, is great to have this history captured. Uh, you know, these stories that you've got from, you know, the, the Manny's and the, uh, the, the, the Rollins and that kind of stuff. I mean, you can't beat that. The Tyler's of this world. I mean, 
you know, they have a story to tell that's uh, that's excellent, and uh, they're part of the history and the fabric of the sport that's kind of basically, you know, grown with them. And we were all kids, and we all grew up, you know, loving the same thing and wanting it to kind of blow up. And now we're we're there. We're we're still not at the at the, the peak of the goal, but uh, we're also working towards it for sure. Cool, man. It's yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, you're right. It's that's part of the reason that I did this is there's just a lot of untold stories from a lot of the guys that, uh, that played that, um, you know, I really think need to be told. And, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, everyone inside the industry and people are probably tired of hearing me say it whenever I talk about it on the, uh, on the podcast, but, you know, I spent like, you know, 16 years active duty, you know, military and the, the best you. friends That's I have. Great. Thanks man. Thanks. But, uh, the best friends I have, you know, to this day that aren't military are, are my paintball buddies. You know, yep. and uh, yep. it's, it's just funny how that works because, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a tight community. It's something to be said. We have a common bond of, of playing paintball and being, uh, you know, uh, aggressive and wanting to be part of a team that's successful no matter what. And we put, you know, the team in. And I want to I always want to be the best teammates. I put myself uh, or the team before myself all the time and just get to that next level. And it's so funny because I've gotten the chance to. You know, even in the early days before, you know, some of these big name pro players were, were, were traveling all over. I mean, you know, being stages of, of communication over the Internet and and that kind of stuff. I've had the opportunity to go to Australia, you know, I've, uh, go to Europe multiple times, you know, uh, you know, 30, 40 times, you know, Australia, four or five times. I mean, gotten the opportunities to go to different places and, and a lot of them, uh, you know, I've had to refuse where I could have gone easily, you know, and and been put up by good people and uh, helped out in countries that were still burgeoning paintball powers. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's great. If, if you can do something in life and, and go far enough to where you've got that respect just with your limited, you know, uh, exposure um, through a few magazines and a few videos to, to basically go all the way across the globe to, you know, hang out with somebody that you don't really know, but you know, you have this common bond of you're, you're pushing the envelope and you're trying to help their team grow and their team win and, you know, give them insights of what it takes to, to, to become, you know, the best at what they want to do. Right. So that's, it's, that's just beyond words. You can't describe that. And you don't get that in in really very many places. Yeah, not at all. It's, um, yeah, it's it's just crazy about uh, you know over time how that uh, how it pans out for a lot of a lot of guys that play like that. Like I talked to you know my buddy, you know we were talking about Tyler for a little bit, and he, yeah, there's times that he went this <laughs> other world that I didn't even know about uh, whenever he was playing with some of the European teams. It's just uh, you know whenever we met as you know kids in North Carolina at 17, I never would have thought that, that would have been the case for any of us. But uh, it's really cool to see that happen right. for uh, a lot of y'all. Um, yeah, and 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 well, everybody, yourself included, and and everybody else that's involved. I mean, really, you go and you go have a good time. You go and you meet new people, and you help them grow, and you create friends for life. And you know, there's nothing better than that. You're you're living your dream basically, and and you know that uh, you know that's what it, it, at the end of the day, that's what you remember is those memories of you having a blast and you helping a team, and then later on, you know realizing, hey, that, that team is really successful now. And, and, you know, maybe I taught them a clinic or maybe I went over to and, and guested with them at a tournament and helped them out in a certain way. And, hey, shoot, now they're doing really well. That's, you know, that, that feels good. 
right? And and more than anything, you're just you're helping, right? And you're helping the sport in your your own little way, and uh, that's huge. For sure, man. For sure. Um, hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of your hair. Thank you for uh, for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. No worries. Um, you know, I look forward to seeing I, seeing you at a at a future classic events, if if not just another ICC or in the ICPL. But uh, you know, yep. thanks for taking the time, and uh, you know, we'll catch you out on the field, man. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, and uh, I appreciate your help and your your exposure, and uh, you, you keep working hard, and uh, I'll see you on the field. Yeah, anytime, man. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. That was Andy Kopchak of Image and Ironman and take your pick of so many other teams. Uh, it was really fun, buddy. I just really appreciate getting a chance to talk about that uh, pretty deep involvement in uh, paintball history. Uh, looking forward to talking to you again and I uh, hope everyone enjoys. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends as well as check out Paintball Central's website and info. We don't have paintball magazines anymore. The info, news, stories, and event results we used to have uh, get from paper just isn't there anymore. So how do we fix that? Answer, more paintball content. Check out my podcast, Popular Unknown with Steve McGuire, playing on podcast with Carl Markowski. Congratulations on that first place again uh, at Chicago, buddy. Uh, as well as uh, Banana Bus podcast, Play the Game podcast, Maritime Paintball Podcasts, all worth your time. Or you can check out Paintball Room My Life on YouTube, Airtime Paintball on YouTube, or numerous others. If you've got the time for a full movie, you can even check out Paintball Media's History of Paintball. Or maybe even dust off a Trauma Head event coverage, both new and old. This has been another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schrum. Thank you for listening. Look for more episodes in the future, and Godspeed. <laughs>